everyone and welcome to American Shade. I'm Brittany King, your host and your girl. And today we have a very special episode. Today I brought together some podcasters and YouTube content creators to discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly of having these platforms. And also, why does it seem like everyone and their moms has a YouTube channel and a podcast right now? I'm interested. I'm sure you are. But first, we're going to get into some brief intros. But I want to in, like welcome my panel how are you guys how are you guys doing great happy to be here doing well Good. awesome doing pretty awesome so i'm going to ask each of you to state your name your podcast or youtube channel and then just a little bit about it like the objective and the theme of it so for me if people are just discovering me right now with this video uh, my name is Brittany king my youtube channel is american shade and the objective of my platform is to curate a space where various point of views can come and engage in nuance, good faith, objectivity from topics from race, social issues, current events, pop culture, all in the efforts to move the needle within the American divide. So that is American Shade, and we will go with Jason next. All right, cool. Um, is my audio sounding okay for starters? Great. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, so... My channel and all my handles are Volofu, as shown on my um, in parentheses. Um, but my my show and um, yeah, a series on my my YouTube channel is side by side with Jason. Um, so I'm I'm trying to enable the world to access raw township stories, perspectives, and reflections. Um, townships are are a, um, a specific ghetto in a South African context um, formed out of apartheid South Africa, uh, an era of, of segregation. So I'm providing a window into some per perspectives and experiences in the townships um, by ho hosting a bunch of people on my, my podcast um, and basically taking people along for my unlearning journey um, as I live in the townships. So I'm one of like three people in and amongst uh, three white people amongst approximately 100,000 um, black residents in the township that I live in. Um, so we're talking about like highly um, de densely populated, uh, low income urban environments. And um, yeah, basically trying to bridge sides of the city and sides of the story in terms of um, race relations and economic transformation. Awesome. We'll go with Jamie next. Amazing. I am Jamie Alexander. I pretty much can be found everywhere in Jamie Alexander. And there's the spelling. Um, this is also my YouTube channel. I have different um, shows and concepts on my YouTube channel, but my podcast is Kings Speak, where I interview men, Black men, on emotional intelligence, uh, self-mastery, and brotherhood, because at the time I started it, I felt like men needed a platform. So I have such amazing and evolved men sharing their stories, things that they've overcome, lessons, and just insight um, from a man's perspective. And, you know, with me doing the interview, I try to bring in the woman's perspective and ask from a more feminine way, but just to bring out different nuances and colors from the men so I can bridge the gap between understanding between men and women, because I think sometimes that gets lost in all of these narratives and what everybody needs to be doing and how people should be. Um, so just to kind of soften that talk and have healthy, valuable, evolved, transformative 
conversations has just been amazing. And then right behind King's Speak, I have Queen's Glean, because we're gleaning this information from the men. And then speaking about it from a woman's perspective. So that's my little two-in-one podcast. <laughs> All right. So now, okay. So Xavier, you're next. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Hi. How's it going, everybody? Uh, my name is Xavier Bonilla. I am the host of the podcast Converging Dialogues, which I've had for a year and a half now. Um, the goal of the podcast is to basically have conversations with different types of uh, scientists, um, experts, historians, um, social scientists, people that do biology, all these different types of um, areas, fields of study, and to have difference of opinion so people can have a kind of a whole continuum of, of ways of understanding things about the natural world about um, psychology sociology and politics um, so the idea is to have different perspectives and different points of view um, so that's that's kind of the the aim the arc of the podcast i would say that um, it's been it's been a lot of fun thus far and uh yeah i think that's that's what i do that's my night job my day job is i'm clinician and i do clinical psych work and so that's my my day job awesome and then we'll go with michael hello thank you for having me um my podcast is where we go next uh the tag is it's a podcast for curious people um i struggle with the tagline because really the podcast is kind of all over the place in terms of the guests i have on and the topics i discuss um whether it's talking about free speech on college campuses or how one goes about navigating the internet as a blind person. Um, I had the head of uh, LinkedIn's accessibility on, a, a really wonderful guy by the name of Jenison Asuncion, who is blind, and he talked to me about what it's like going on the internet as a blind person and why accessibility is important. Um, I've talked to immunologists about uh, the COVID-19 uh, vaccines, um, best ways to resolve political conflicts. I, I'm most passionate about talking with people about whatever topic they're really passionate about, interested in, and or an expert in, and trying to find um, common ground, whether we have a lot to start or perhaps less. Like one of the people I spoke with was um, one of the heads of a conservative uh, group that was formed to fight climate change. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Okay, let me, let me get this guy on, see what that's all about. <laughs> Um, but I, I try to have really good faith discussions where I meet people where they are. Um, and then if possible, try to get to what, um, I'm going to steal a, a phrase from Amanda Ripley. She's a writer, what she calls the understory or like the thing behind the thing, like, okay, whatever topic we're talking about, there's almost always usually something behind it. Right. So like when we're, t when I brought on, um, uh, someone to speak on uh, the mRNA vaccines. I was like, okay, we can talk about the vaccines, but really the understory of this conversation is how do we address this to people who are perhaps skeptical of the vaccines or are wanting to take the vaccines but are still really worried um, if I take them, am I still going to be safe? And so like I try to find like something that kind of can be the skeleton for the whole conversation. But beyond that, I, I just love talking to people about all different type, all different kinds of topics and um, yeah, I'm glad to have I'm glad to be here today. Thanks for having me, Brittany. Awesome. Thank you all for those intros. And um, I'm also really excited about this discussion. And I want to have like an authentic, candid conversation on the life of having podcasts and YouTube channels, discuss our challenges, our burnouts, what we've learned about ourselves while having these platforms, and even discuss if you've wanted to quit. 
I know I have, and maybe you want to share that. Who knows? But first, let's just go. Let's talk about us, though. I am interested um, in why you guys started your podcast and when you started it, and um, yeah, and why did you why did you start it? What pushed you to do it? Okay. I can start. I was like, I'm like, I don't mind. I don't want to always be the one, but I'll talk. <laughs> yeah, I'll start. Like, mine's kind of brief. Like, I started this YouTube channel October 2020. So this year, it will be two years. But I had a podcast actually called American Shade at NYU when I was in graduate school um, on the radio station, um, WNYU 89.1 FM. Shout out. But it was basically like the same premise, like, race issues. I would talk about social issues. I would even talk about movie reviews, stuff like that. I would talk about Dave Chappelle. Um, I talked about Kanye West's album and I and, um, reviewed that with Sunday Best. And I would bring on people and it was people with different point of views than mine. So it was just audio though, which was a different ball game than YouTube. So the reason why I relaunched YouTube was because during 2020, like that was when quarantine was happening. That was when the pandemic hit and there was a lot going on and I had a lot to say. So while I was getting published with like my writings and different publications, there's things I wanted to like communicate like instantly to, to the public, even though I might at that point I had like, I don't even know, like a hundred subscribers. But after one of my pieces went viral on Twitter, that pushed a lot of people to my channel. And then I got more following with that. So really the reason why I did it, I think quarantine and the pandemic has a lot to say with that. And it kind of pushed me to do it. And also there's so much going on. I had so much to say. So that's why I started my channel. Yeah, um, that's amazing. I'm a, I hope I'm following you on Twitter. Um, but, you know, I, I want to get more into your stuff. I'm saying that. But yeah, um, so I come from the world where I've been doing this a really long time. Different subjects, different shows. I am an on-camera host. I did do the Hollywood thing, lots of red carpets and interviews and TV hosts, like all of these things. Um, so talking and interviewing all this has been who I was before podcast was a thing I had in the spotlight with Jamie Alexander. And this was, what was it? Do you remember blog talk radio? Like I did that show for like three years. So I had a show on blog talk radio. And again, it was, we were on our phones, like conversing, having the thing. It wasn't this. And this was like 2011. But um, after doing all that and after Buzz TV and blah, 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 these kind of interviews and talking has kind of been my outlet, my channel to speak to people. So um, King's Speak came to mind in 2016, which, again, was ahead of the time before people were talking about men and mental health, especially black men. Um, so it was a live event because I've always done live events. So I would do a five course taste, uh, five course meal, scotch tasting, and just get men together to talk in person. And so, you know, fast forward, it was kind of a blur since then, but then it's kind of the same thing. 2020 happened and I didn't want to drop just doing the events and bringing people together. I think we were, some of us were like losing our heads and I was like, well, I'm not going to just sit here. So I was like, well, let me get my guys on and start doing this from YouTube and at least keep King Speak going so we can all talk through this thing on a various amount of subjects, but, you know, providing content while we were all quarantining and doing everything. So it was kind of like a re, I had to re get it together from a live event and I just put it on YouTube and made it a podcast available on Apple and Spotify and stuff. 
just because that's where we were at the time. So awesome. Anyone else? <laughs> Y'all are going to go. I guess I can go next. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I, uh, yeah, maybe we'll like just, <laughs> I don't know if we're all seeing the same format in terms of layout, but yeah. <laughs> um, this is a class. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like Brady Bunch order. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Something like that. Um, um, yeah. I also related to the pandemic, no doubt. And, and a lot to do with the, um, this, the summer um, riots and response to the George Floyd murder. Um, so uh, yeah, I I thought it was like really interesting this kind of racial awakening that was happening not only in the states but worldwide. And um, my sister was one of the, I, I tend to be the type to want to like not jump to conclusions and rather assess like the whole thing. Um, I wasn't like explicitly in my mind like into like let me explore all the different perspectives and into like polarization as as topics until sort of digging into that space, like it kind of um, prompted that. But um, what I did do is I, po I posed a question on Facebook uh, asking why was South Africa not doing any protests or marches um, for racial equity because it's the most unequal society in the world. Um, and especially a, a city like Cape Town, it's one of the most unequal cities in the world. So it was like, even black people are not like voicing besides uh, quote unquote allies. So I was like, what's going on here? And I just posed that as a question. Um, and that actually got like a decent amount of comments and discussion going. So I was, yeah, I felt like, I felt like it was, would be a great thing to just like get the conversation yeah started <laughs> like i mean obviously race relations has been a conversation ever since um south africa moved into democracy in 1994 but um for some reason like i think that there's this sort of um like don't ask don't tell kind of like just people are, like don't are just uncomfortable about like race relate like racial race-based discussions especially like white people um in south africa and probably the same in the states um but um yeah i so i guess in a way i'm kind of like being and like modeling for other white suburbanites like how to just sit in conversations and ask questions and try to piece it all together so yeah that's that's uh that's the background it's powerful awesome well I, I think uh it's interesting hearing everybody's um uh, motivations for uh, doing a, a podcast is it's interesting to to <clears throat> find that people want to make their opinions so public. Uh, I think that's always fascinating, right? Uh, myself included. Um, <clears throat> uh, mine is very much similar. I had many uh, friends and and even some family members. I had suggested for years I should do a podcast, and I said no. There's a million of them. What do I have to say? I mean, I'm not going to say anything different. Why am I going to do all this, all this time and energy? And I don't know. I, I don't have like some weird uh, dream to, to do radio or something. Some people have like some, some uh, history of wanting to do radio. And that wasn't for me as well. So just media in general is not like a thing for me. Um, but yeah, I think 
basically I'm lazy to, to write. Um, I'm okay. I'm a okay writer, but I, I, I wish I could write more, but I just, I have no patience for it. <laughs> um, so I, I write a few things here and there, but, um, you know, I just, I'm, I, that's where my perfectionism kind of comes out in writing. So I'm never happy with <laughs> what I write. So I said, well, I'm okay at conversations. And so I wanted to, instead of consume so much information um, during uh, 2020 the pandemic, I said, well, maybe I'll give this podcast thing a shot. And I was very purposeful in wanting to put something out into the world instead of just consuming information. And so I wanted to be very um, purposeful in doing that. And I, I still try to be extremely purposeful um, in having different types of conversations. I'm not, uh, I'm the boring kind of centrist center left person. So I do not enjoy uh, culture wars topics and, or, you know, one or two topics over and over and over and over. And that's not my thing. And so I like to try and have a wide range of topics with different types of people, um, which has been very fruitful for me. Um, and feedback I get is that many people enjoy it as well. Different types of things. That's not to say I won't talk about culture wars or race or gender. I do, um, just very, uh, very limited and very, precise in what I'm trying to ask or, or ponder or, or figure out. And so it's usually less of me um, and more of the person. Um, but uh, I, of course, will uh, give my own ideas or opinions every now and then on with uh, depending on the guest and the topic and things like that nature. So nice. I'm surprised that you never wanted to go into radio, Xavier, because you have the most soothing NPR voice. <laughs> <laughs> like it, whenever you talk, it sounds like you're talking about the opening of like a new five-star restaurant in France or the history of a small coastal town in Maine, you know, I, it's so I think perfect. the same about your, your voice, Michael. Yeah. Mike, Mike, mm -hmm. Michael has a nice voice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I've been told that before. It's always strange when people say that, but I, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Like I want to, you know, like I want to hear like the back, like I want like a, like cool jazz music to play behind you, Xavier, while I like you talk about it. It would be great. Should we leave you guys alone? Or I mean, I just I mean, I like we give can you guys a room. Like I can just jump off. He, start, he started it. He started. Light it. a candle. Your <laughs> private Zoom room. <laughs> um, yeah, I echo a lot of what Xavier was saying. Um, uh, in terms of why I started mine, I mean, I think the pandemic definitely had to do with a lot of it. I started mine. I started recording episodes in August of 2020, and my first episode released late September of that year. And I'm probably one of the most extroverted people you'll ever meet. Like, I, if I'm alone for too long, I just, uh, I get sad. Like, I need to be with other people. Even when I do my work, I, I have to be in a cafe just so that I can hear, like, people talking and just feel, like, the energy of other people, uh, which was very difficult to do in 2020. And um, so one, it was really just an outlet for me to talk with other people. And two, I was getting frustrated with the way we as a nation were having conversations either at a national level or even among my friends around, I think, like really important topics. It felt like everyone was either freezing up or, or was just parroting opinions of whoever they were voting for or whoever told them how to vote. Um, and that's fine. I mean, have the opinions you're going to have. Vote however you want to vote but it didn't feel like there was a lot of there there. Like, like if I would have just scratched their opinion just like a little bit, there would have been nothing behind it. Um, and it felt like people were saying things in order just to get along or because that's what they were supposed to say. 
And that's all well and good, but I am most energized by talking with people who have really thought through their positions um, mm -hmm. and people who are open mm -hmm. to having their positions, you know, gently prodded or explored. Um, again, going back to the whole understory thing, the thing behind the thing. But I think the pandemic was really the kick in the butt that I needed to get started. Um, and so I'm really grateful for that because recording a podcast every week or every other week, it kind of uh, fluctuates depending on my work schedule. But it really adds a lot of structure to my life because there's just a lot of prep that's involved. And then the editing afterwards is so intense. And um, I can hate it sometimes because it is it is such a time sink. But I really love it because I always feel great after it's done. It's kind of like going to the gym. Like I loathe the thought of going. But after I go, I'm like, I'm glad I went. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I don't want to take over the show, Brittany, but I did have a question for Jamie, if you're cool with me asking. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. So Jamie, you said you come from the entertainment world initially, and you did a lot of on-camera stuff. And you come from, I, 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 if, if I could say, the kind of more traditional, this is how we do things, sort of Hollywood, you know, you work your way up, you get through this, and then you're on screen and yada, yada, yada. And I was just wondering, um, how do you contrast your experiences in that world versus this world? Do you have a preference of one over the other? What do you think the strengths are of what you're doing now versus perhaps strengths or things you miss about the world that, that you, you first came up in? I'm just really curious how you compare and contrast those two things. You know, that was, that's a good, yeah, go I was going to say, that was literally a question I was going to ask you about like the differences of the world. So go ahead. Yes. Interested. Yeah, um, for me, <clears throat> I feel like because I would consider myself a, a professional in this field, it's still one in the same. And I was really happy to be able to bring like my training, the structure, the um, skill to just coming on YouTube and to just podcasts and, you know, um, it's almost the same. It's kind of just minus the production, but that's also something that I dabbled in. You know, being an on-camera host, you kind of need to know everything. So, you know, I used to host um, the live stage at the NAB show, which is the National Association of Broadcasters. So it's where everybody comes and brings all their brand new tech for all of the big movie uh, studios and everybody to use for special effects and all of these things. And doing a show like that, I also had to produce my own show. So there's this kind of totality of knowing how to put things together, how to show up. Um, there's kind of a dance about how to fill in or if something goes wrong or if you're the only one left on screen or if somebody can't make, like, it's a whole thing. So this is actually a lot easier almost <laughs> Um, cause it's a one woman show and I can't, but, I, but knowing and understanding the totality of entertainment and how hosting and interviewing and stuff works and some structure, you know, cause there'll be, and there's times cause my ear is a little picky, especially it's like, I do get it, not annoyed, but I'm like, yeah, everybody does have a podcast and not everybody's good at it. Cause I can just hear, I'm like, damn, y'all are talking over each other. There was no intro here. There's no segue here. You're all over the place. Like there is a skill a conversation in my ear and opinion um so it's different for me just not having the structure and the producers like telling me what to do you know having the whole team and the ease of just showing up as a host or whatever but there but the professionalism um and the skill is what i'm excited to kind of like bridge and that's what makes me feel good and confident about anything that i do when it comes to being on youtube and podcasting because for me, it's almost second nature for a lot of different reasons. I've been immersed in the 
nuts and bolts of that world for quite some time. So it's kind of nice. That's kind of, I don't know if that answers the question, but that's kind of, yeah, where I'm coming out with it. And with that, um, I want to ask you guys about like, what's like the most annoying thing or challenging thing about having a podcast. But first I want to know what is the best thing about having a podcast to you? I'm going to start with Xavier. This this is the classroom, Xavier. You're up. <laughs> you're up now. Um, the best thing, I mean, it's you know, it's a it's a it's a big privilege, you know, it's a big honor uh, for me at least. Um, you know, I'm able to to talk with people that are experts in their field, for or or even not, even people. Um, I talk to 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 writers and. Um, people in different uh, uh, fields of study and avenues. and But every time, um, I always feel like it's a big honor and a big privilege because I'm, I'm learning something from the other person. I'm learning about their experience. I'm learning about their perspective, um, their expertise. And one of the things that I, I have is I, I have a big curiosity for trying to understand all of that. And so it's less about me and more about the other person. And so um, I, I typically don't have an agenda, right? You know, so if it's someone that has a new book coming out or if it's someone that's, um, you know, written uh, a bunch of scientific papers in a particular area of study, that's all I'm focused on. Um, that's all I, uh, you know, am looking to, to try and maximize. And that's a big honor. It's a big privilege. And so it's fantastic that I can read a book. I can, as I'm reading, I'm having questions or I'm having thoughts or oh, I wonder what this is or how could this be expanded more? And then I can talk to the person and, and ask them all about that usually. So, um, yeah, I, I, I just, I just see that as a, as a big, big, uh, big honor. Awesome. I love that you said that Xavier, because there's a lot of what you said and what Michael said that has me in love with being able to podcast and be able to talk to people is because, you know, I became, I, <laughs> being an interviewer, I want to hear what other people have to say. I want to understand. Um, I think, uh, Michael, you used the word gentle prodding on people's um, opinions and understanding. And I'd love to go deeper. I'd love to know why people think the way they think and why they feel the way they feel. And you're right, Xavier, it's about them. You know, I, I just want to bring out the ability for them to share their colors, their nuances, their opinions, because in so many, you know, when we talk about mass media and people craving something different, you know, there is kind of like a box and a tightness and a bit of an agenda on some of the stuff that we're seeing as far as mass media. But when you come to podcasting, you can get the real from people. You, you create the space. My goal is to create freedom for people to be able to be themselves. We don't have to agree. I don't have to love everything that you're saying or even be in full understanding of it for me to excavate what might be important to you. Because if you think that way and you feel that way, and this is your perspective, not only are there other people out there who can relate and have the same understanding as you and find that you're a mirror to them, but it gives other people an opportunity to learn. Like, I think we should be a little bit more open to learning. Again, even if you don't want to jump on the same boat with somebody is what they believe. Learning and understanding people has been one of the most valuable things um, in my life. So for King Speak, even talking with men, you know, I used to work in um, 
spiritual healing and intuitive life coaching with someone. And when I would post my things, the men would come in like, well, when are you going to do something for us? And I was like, oh, y'all care about spiritual healing? Like y'all mental health? I thought this was a girl thing. You know what I'm saying? When we think about this, it's like sister circles and, you know, spa days. And it's just very feminine. But we're all masculine and feminine within. And men are humans. And I wanted to hear more about what men had to say about how they feel. It's like this taboo thing. Like men don't talk about their feelings and they don't. But are we asking? And so creating space for people to be themselves is like, such a powerful thing. And that's why I think podcasting and this is one of the best um, things about having a platform is you're free. You can, you know, you can be the leader of the person who gives space for this kind of freedom and dialogue. That's not typical. And we need that. That's not optional. You know, so if the mass media is not giving it, let's go. Like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. I want to, yes, yeah, and you something you said there, Jamie. Um, <laughs> Because I think there's a there's a through line that I think that goes through all of our podcasts thematically, and if you go if you go to the age before social media, before the internet kind of went mainstream, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think what it means to be alive is really just to hear stories and tell stories. Um, I come from a storytelling background, and I really think that that's what makes us who we are. That most of our lives are spent telling stories to other people or hearing stories from others, right? Now, whether it, whether or not the story is hearing your buddy talk about the movie he went to that weekend or the story of your country, the story of you as a people, the story that you hear about your ancestors, the story that you hear about whatever the topic may be. And when it was just mainstream media before podcasts and YouTube and TikTok, et cetera, et cetera, right? Like the ways in which we were told we could be fill in the blank, right? A man, a woman, black, white, Latino, whatever you want to put in that blank, the stories that we were told about the ways we could be who we are were very limited. Mm. And the ways that that limited us, and especially people who have traditionally been marginalized, is not only does it affect how people perceive you, because they're just puppeting the stories they saw on TV or in movies and then telling those stories in real life, but it also whether consciously or subconsciously, limits the ways that we can understand ourselves. Because if the stories that we see on TV or in movies are continuously telling us, right, to go to what you're talking about, Jamie, this is how you're you're to be a man. This is the only way you can be a man. And if you're not like this and you're a man, there's something wrong with you. And so you stuff that inside. And I think one of the great things about podcasting and all social media in general is that it finally allows so many of us to come out and say, you know what, the stories that we were told for so long just don't represent me. And we're, we're, we're meeting each other and, and talking with each other in ways that we couldn't before, and we're all realizing that the stories were limiting all of us. And um, it seems to be like a real through line for all of our podcasts. And um, anyway, I just wanted to point that out. I, I think it's a, a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. Well for said, sure. I love it. For sure. <laughs> Jason, were you gonna? Uh, yeah, I, I think I have two points. Um, I don't know if I can choose which one's better, but I, I've loved the um, process of learning more about myself and what I have to offer to the world through this, because it is a process of getting feedback. Um, I think we, you know, we look at sort of the data and and the anecdotal feedback from listeners in terms of what they appreciated and what they found valuable and um, what were unique competencies we brought as hosts to um, elicit certain information or facilitate certain um, tricky conversations. So 
I think I think it's been a great like like even just how to brand myself like and how I even think about my broader organization called Side by Side and the bridging work that we do. We also do community based tourism, um, but just trying to make it one cohesive thing. So um, that that was like now that I'm going to try to create like a media company associated with my community based tourism bridge. And now I'm doing like a bit of an ideological um, or narrative based bridge. Like, how am I going to make that thematically um, continuous? Um, so that's, that's been a cool learning experience from my side. And then I, I think just in general, I think I was starting to get into a lot of the like IDW, um, you know, uh, different podcasts, just more from like, a curious to see how they go about these tricky conversations and how, what their differences are. Like, so I just, that was like, I guess, I guess all of us in the pandemic found some hobby horse that we went far too deep on so that was one of mine um was just like consuming more podcasts and um yeah i just kind of fell in love with like this long form format i think i'd gotten so tired of like these little sound bites and images being flashed so like i hardly watch like any tiktok i like avoid like youtube shorts like for some reason i just find them like distasteful i mean they're like i just i'm or at least like i have that little bit in the back of my mind about like this is some sort of attention hack and I like need to fight this or just mm. avoid it. Um, and so somehow like the long form format, I'm like, Oh, this is cultivating a capacity within me to listen and pay attention for longer periods of time. And I can actually bring this to more in-person encounters and things like that. So I also mm -hmm. really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My sentiments echo everyone's like, I simply just enjoy discussing topics that I find important and then talking to people that I find interesting and have something to say. And I love the fact that I can utilize like my writing and journalism degrees at like my agency, because with journalism, you know, it's an awesome chance to land an op opportunity with a network to talk about certain things like what's going on, current events, pop culture, whatever it is. But what I've come to find and what everyone knows, especially with mainstream media, it's like you, they tell you kind of what you're going to say, like the voice you're going to take, the, the aisle you're going to be on. And with YouTube, I can do my journalism in my own way. That's ethical, that morally aligns with me, um, that doesn't take sides. Um, and I try to bring as much nuance as I can. And also I just like having control of all of it and being my own boss. Like, if I want to make a video today, I will. If I don't, I don't have to. So I like that comfortability as well. Um, so yeah, I, I share everyone's sentiments. Now I want to move on to what's challenging about this though. Like what's the worst parts of it? What's annoying about having a podcast? Um, have at it. I have a few things, but. <laughs> well, Jason, I was kind of relieved to hear you say that you appreciate long format because I do too, but I admit sometimes I get in my head about it because everything is so 30 seconds, this, da, 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 da. I'm like, damn, do I need to like make a sound bite of this? How do I succinctly, but it, like sometimes it makes my head spin a little bit on how to market or get certain amounts of attention if you're not willing to sit down and listen to the conversation, if you can't do that, like, I don't know, you know, yeah. so I, it's almost a relief to hear you say that. And that 
for me, some of the things that annoy me about having a podcast is I cannot stand when I go on Twitter or Instagram and I see this. Can I cuss on here? What are you going to say? I was going to say the A word. I was just going. It's not because really they that ding weird. Things. I don't want to do it. But if it ain't the F word, ratchet, no, no. There's a ratchet content. It's okay. Sunday, Jamie. I mean, you just know, kidding. God knows my heart. Um, it, you know, and I hate looking at this stuff and it's so ratchet and so wild. And I'm just like, and then I watch everybody underneath complain about how there's no good content and everybody's always talking about this and it, but you're sharing it like this idiot has a million views. Okay. And I'm not going to front. I'm not really a marketing genius. I, I, I just I move quick. I need some help. I need somebody to sit down and do some of the other stuff. Um, but it's just kind of like, wow, you know, we spend a lot of time having these very, they're transformative conversations. You're going to leave a conversation on King speak like, wow. Okay. Something, you know, but that's not what people are eating. They want junk food. They want chips. They want candy. And it's like, okay, but there's like apples and oranges and they're all organic and it'll benefit your life. But it's like you'd rather complain and be ridiculous. And, and then I'm watching these things and it'll be somebody that says something that to me, I don't really find that profound. And it's just like, oh, she ate and she told it. And I'm thinking like, where are we? I, I'm making this content because... I really think it's important we move on from this. And so, you know, sometimes when I sit under my views that are not so many, it's not about being popular, but it's just like, you not know, it takes, yeah, it takes time. It takes effort. And it's like, oh, this, this really ain't what you want. You say this is what you want, but you would rather bicker and fight and, be strange on the internet about things and then literally so on twitter when there was this viral post it was it was terrible it was it was not a read it wasn't great it was nothing special about it not from i'm sorry you know um and so many people so every time somebody was like oh um, i'm tired of these podcasts and i'm tired of this stuff and i, I want to see something i just kept posting i was like well you can eat this you can watch <laughs> this you're gonna learn something these men are not like that because i think michael you said it when mass media paints a picture of a type, a culture, a man, a woman, did it. We don't realize how in that box we get stuck in. And then we treat people like that. We, we can't get out of it. It makes us say things, do things and function in ways that are inauthentic to who we are. But we're also not, how willing are we to like, you know, go out there and do something different. So it's, it gets a little frustrating to me. It's just like, okay, well, I'm gonna pause because I gave y'all 20 episodes that you can eat this first. Cause like, I, ooh, cause like I need a break and you know, Kim was like, I'll eat it. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like moving around. Um, but it's just like, let me take a break. Cause it's like, you know, 200 people didn't even catch this. So I need mm. a pause and I'm going to do that. Cause I have other things going on and it just, that can be frustrating for me. Like, Yes. I think what do we that, do? I think um, it, it, I, I totally understand that struggle, Jamie, because, you know, what gets the most eyeballs, right? It's the candy. It's the uh, screaming heads on Fox News or CNN. You know, it's fresh and fit. It's uh, people <laughs> talking about, um, you know, just stereotypes of people and starting arguments and, and uh, causing so much drama, right? And again, it's kind of the same way it's like when we're on when we're in, on the road and we see a car crash it's like we rubberneck right like we want to be like even if there's a, that 
the deep part of our mind that is probably thinking, oh man, I, I, I hope they're okay and what a tragedy. There's that like lizard brain that's like, ooh, a crash. I gotta look. How <laughs> beat up is this car? Whoa, that's impressive, blah, blah, right? Like even though deep down inside in your mind, you're thinking like, this isn't, I don't wanna look at this. Like this yeah. isn't what I want. This isn't making me better. And so it, that, that's definitely something that I struggle with too, because I know that if I had on certain guests or if I worded my podcast titles in a certain way, um, you know, and use certain hashtags and all these other things that I could probably get more views. But I think for me, it's like, you know, what do I want to leave the world? And I know that sounds, that, that sounds super pretentious, but I, I literally mean it in terms of like, am I going to be okay with myself, with the content that I'm producing when I die, right? Like whether or not it, it changes the world, it will not, but whether or not it changes the world or makes a big, whatever, big splash or whatever, that is less important to me. Whether I, whether my podcast episodes get five listens or 10 or 10,000 or whatever, um, I just want to be okay with my own soul when I publish them. Um, so I, I totally understand the struggle there. And in terms of the most challenging thing about having the podcast, it's really just getting out of my own way. Um, I'm my own worst critic. I get in my head to an insane degree. I overthink everything. Um, right up until the, the podcast is about to record, I am struggling with whether or not I should cancel it. I get super imposter syndrome. I'm like, I'm a fraud. They don't want to talk to me. If only they knew more about me, they would cancel. I need to, I need to cancel before they cancel. And I just I get in my head every single time. I never think mm. I do enough prep. There's never enough prep I can do. I just get in these crazy cycles, right? So really for me, I, I think the, the biggest change that I've had is as I've published more and more episodes, I can kind of trick myself into just looking at those and being like, hey, man, you're, you're not that bad. You've, you've published almost 50 episodes. Like if you, if you were really bad, you wouldn't have gotten this far. Like I have to tell myself a story to get myself out of my own head. So that's probably the most difficult part. Can I wow. please insert an amen right here? Really with what you and Jamie said, that was my point. So first, yes, with Michael, um, that's one thing that I hate about, not hate, dislike very greatly about prep, especially when I'm prepping for like panel discussions or one-on-one or -on -one interviews is I stress so hard on the scripts. Like my script is usually 10 or 11 pages long. I just want to make sure that it's long enough to cover an hour or two hours or whatever the time frame is for the episode and that there won't be any dead air that I make it interesting that any way that the interviewee goes I can go with them and I have like I just get into my own head too um where that process is never enjoyable really it's hardly ever enjoyable until I'm sitting with you guys right now and I'm enjoying it in the process but I think be because I over prepare though and I know I have a lot you know, ready at hand. I think that's why I can ease in and be present and enjoy it. So it's like a double-edged sword. So with that, yes, I agree. That is something that I need to work on more. And also, I think, Michael, you asked me a questions about when it comes to views when I was on your podcast. I don't know if it was the first episode or the second one, but I remember you said, um, and correct me if I'm wrong if I'm getting off, but when you told me as a you know, a black um, woman, American commentator on YouTube, do you find it maybe seducing at any time to say the things you know will get you popularity quicker? And I, 
And of course I said no. And and you laughed because you knew I was going to say no. I hope you knew I was going to say no. Um, of course. But yeah. Yeah. But the, I'm not going to lie. Like, Jamie, I agree. Like, it's not popularity. It's just when you put in so much work with the script, let's say a script takes a couple of days or three days or a week, and then you record and then you edit and then you do the thumbnail, which my thumbnail game sucks. Like I'm not best with <laughs> marketing. I don't, whatever. Because I can't do the cringe worthy, like shock in the, I just can't like, you know, I can't do that. So the, if my, if my view, my videos will suffer for that, then it'll <laughs> suffer. Okay. But like, so and all that effort you put in, you feel like you're putting your authentic self, onto the screen for everyone to see and it doesn't get much views it's not like i want a hundred thousand but a thousand would be nice you know it's just like to know that i'm reaching people and that i'm feeling like i'm not just talking to myself so yeah that's i i those are a couple of things that's frustrated and also last thing i'll say is i think it's it's challenging not annoying but a challenging thing is because we all have lives outside of podcasts and we all have our own jobs and stuff um and you know we and the thing i love about it is i am my own boss but the thing that's challenging i am my own boss there's no other editor here there's no other producer or writer i'm everything so i think that weight on it also is stressing but we all go through it but anyway yeah i just have to say completely agree with what you guys said like I want to jump in and share with you guys, like, especially as someone who's been doing this, I think you're doing a great job and I don't want you guys to worry. I want you to trust yourself. So I just speak exceeding amounts of trust in yourself over you guys, because I think the pressure is unnecessary and not because, you know, I understand how it is to want to study and do this and do that. And that gives you something to rest on but I'm confident in the both of you that you know exactly what you're doing. And I just want you to release the, the pressure. You know, going back to when I used to host these tech shows, I don't, I don't know crap about the ins and outs of tech. And here I am hosting this whole, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people here every day listening to me. I'm talking to CEOs of like Avid and all these major, I don't know tech like that. But what I can do is listen and respond, like there's so much, there's a lot in the dead air. There's a lot in the last thing the, a person said that you, you'll intuitively pick up on or grab or respond to or know where the question is. It's like, once you feel like you have your script and you know what you're gonna do, there's so much more room. And I just personally think both of you are people that can trust yourselves more so it doesn't feel so daunting. And then the last thing I wanna say about that is, I've been doing interviews and all this stuff over 10 years. There's pretty much never a time where I haven't been nervous first. So I don't think that goes away. So I don't think there's anything wrong with you or like off or whatever, because you might feel nervous before a broadcast. Mm -hmm. I think that's just what it is. Mm -hmm. Breathe through it and you got this. I just had to say that. Thank you. <laughs> I will take that Release in. it. Release it. <laughs> it's right here. It's right here. Uh, Anyone uh, else? I'll, yeah, I'll say the, uh, the thing about, the thing I, I dislike uh about the podcast is um so i'm like michael I, I i think about each conversation in terms of can i listen to this in 10 years and it be salient right i don't want it to age too terribly um and so i want it to last and i 
I treat it as if it's, you know, if you're writing something or you're, you're making a piece of music or something that you can feel proud of it later, you know, even, you know, even if time goes by. So I, I, I have that somewhere in the back of my head. The biggest thing is, um, (laughs) you know, when you're, when you're navigating through various waters, um, you know, you're going to upset some people. And some people aren't going to like what you have to say, or they're not more, more likely not going to like the person you have on. And I find, because all of my, my episodes are, are with a guest, so it's never just by myself. Um, I, I really, really, um, the, the, the thing that I spend the most time on is the responsibility I have and how much of it I have in talking to certain guests about certain issues and I can't control what people think or how they interpret, but I want to be, I want to get the best version of the guests, uh, perspective. And, um, especially if I know it's somewhat, you know, uh, spicy. So, you know, that's all. But the thing that's so frustrating is, is the guilty by association thing. Um, and then subsequent from that is, well, this person had, or they conversations or they talked to so-and-so. So maybe I won't talk to this person or whatever. I can't control that, but I try by the nature, uh, and the content and the ethics uh, of, if you will, of my conversation to say, did I, did I do that? Did I get the best version of this, of this person? I could vehemently disagree with the person that I'm talking to. And many times I do disagree with people I, I talk to, but do I do myself and do listeners have an, a better understanding about the person and then about their ideas. But the thing that's so difficult for me is, is the, is the, yeah, it's the guilt by association thing and the, um, and you know, and, and I don't, I don't ever want to be reckless with, um, you know, what I'm putting out into the world and, and I obviously can't control my guests, but as long as I'm, sometimes this stuff is happening in real time. So I, I'm, you know, did I, did I push back on that enough? Did I, um, make sure that I, I allowed them to clarify Did I just leave that too open-ended, you know, is that too wide for, you know, and these are things I can't control, but I, I want to always try and, and put forth, uh, uh best effort. Uh, on that end. And so that's probably the thing that's the most exposing and the thing that I probably dislike the most about, uh, about doing the podcast, but, um, Mm. I try anyways. So hopefully, hopefully it's a, it's an okay job that I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll try, I'll try to make my brief. Um, so just on the long form thing, there's clearly a trade-off. I mean, the shorter you go, probably the larger, your audience is probably going to be able to get. But I also think that the audience could be shallower, right? Like, as you're saying, the junk food stuff, you could get a lot of people eating junk food, but um, they don't necessarily, they might move to the next piece of junk food. Whereas rather, if you like give someone that healthy plate of food, they might be like, this needs to be part of my diet, like all the time, you know, to ha- to li- lead my best life. So um, yeah, I, th- I think it's it's a matter of, like having really strong relationships that you're actually building with your audience. So I kind of think to myself, would I be able to ask my audience something meaningful? Like let's say to support a Patreon or to 
sign a campaign or something like that. And I think that some of those TikTok influencers and things like that, they might not even be able to do that. And if if they do manage to get people to answer some call to action, it's probably just by like some very small percentage, just by luck in a way, like some small percentage of a large audience that resonating or those people being like, well, maybe I'm going to get something out of it. And now I'm associated. Well, like as in like I'm getting, you know, some sort of rep with um, this influencer and stuff like that. So it just feels like an authentic kind of relationship. Um, on a separate note, um, what I find frustrating is like, you know, as I said, I live in one of these black ghettos that has about 100,000 people in it. And I have a lot of conversations and a lot of interactions that are offline. And I have a lot of interesting conversations. Um, then there's like the ethics, obviously, of just like recording without anyone's consent so i obviously don't do that so i i'm always i'm often just like oh it's just so bad like too bad that i just couldn't be have just recorded that moment and like as soon as you ask someone like can i turn on a recorder like it just changes the nature of the of of the of the conversation so much and so <laughs> i feel like i'm just like ah whatever like i feel like that's almost why the community-based tourism stuff like it's almost irreplaceable because you just have to be there in order to like get all the real the most authentic interactions um but um yeah it, it, like having people on a show so now i'm kind of like oh well now if i'm gonna be intentional about it now i feel like i have to be extra intentional about it i'm gonna be like i'm gonna get a script out this person's intro beforehand in order to like mm -hmm. I, I don't know i'm just like am i gonna prepare all these different questions for them now, now it just suddenly feels like a formal thing where it's mm -hmm. like the informal candid conversation was like had the most resonance for me so you know <laughs> so i imagine it would have most resonance for listeners too but yeah that's what i find frustrating is that there's just like the ethics of that can i speak oh, go ahead Sorry. i was gonna say i want to speak to jason because oh one one little advice no advice for journalism, that's one thing that we were told to do is to be recording on our little devices, like as we're walking up and to be like, oh, hey, I'm recording, by the way, and not being like, I'm turning on my recorder, because right when you do that, they tense up and they feel like constricted. So just as some advice, I don't know if you want to hear. Mm, but also with looking at your, because I was going to ask this, this question a little later on, but I'll ask it now, like, or just get your thoughts. Um, Looking at your format, I didn't realize because looking at everyone else's thing, I'm like, oh, yeah, like Jason's the only one like really in person. Like you're in the townships, you're asking people the, the, the questions, having even panel discussions or group discussions with people or one on one interviews in person. And what I liked about it is when you're taking us inside that world authentically and it's you and it's the people there, you aren't holding any papers you aren't holding your phone. You're like engaged. You're like really there. And that made me feel like I was there. So I guess I don't, I would hate for you to get clinical. That's just my, my take because mm -hmm. the way you're doing it is to me really great. So I don't want you to think, well, now I got to do this. I got to have a camera crew. I got to have a tie because I won't, I will, un <laughs> I will unsubscribe if you do. I'm just kidding. Um, but no, like, I think I'm what you're you doing is, is dope. I think it's good and it's refreshing and it's cool. So, Thank you. I was going to say the same thing as Brittany. Yeah. Just had to take, just same thing. Yeah. 
it's cool. I mean, you'll see the the newest episodes that will be coming out, like which I feel I can get out more consistently. I was telling them when when we were off offline, um, like is just running everything through OBS, and I just have like a camera switcher, like like I do hotkeys, so I make one button one camera angle one button two camera angle two button three and camera so i like i get like this kind i control like a live studio so but it is still unscripted and i guess you i am in a bit more like of a curated environment like this artwork in the background and like you're in a studio so i'm like that my like first words always just like yo welcome to side by side studio just like dap it up and then and then you just get like get chatting i mean it is a little more like sanitized and like me out in the hood but um it's also kind of like yeah just just from a production standpoint so much easier especially if you need like video which i feel like i need given youtube is like Mm -hmm. my platform of choice and also for like also promoting on social media maybe that's another thing to talk about is like um the the fact that there's like your 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 podcast will basically get zero reach it's not like they don't work like social media it's not like when you do something good on the podcast it starts necessarily getting popular unless you're like already in like the top 20 podcasts in the world, then it like gets advertised to people. Mm-hmm. So like the fact that we have to like play this social media game in order to get people onto like something which isn't social media. I mean, which I guess is what a lot of people do anyways. If you're a writer, you you post your writing on social media and get them over there. But I mean, I'm just like, uh, I just, we all That's are, a good like, question. To to ask. Social media That's, game it's challenging. Like... After Xavier, <laughs> after Xavier, I want to ask that that question because that's good. All, mm-hmm. all I was going to say was, was that I would push back a little bit on the long form piece, and that's not because I do long form conversations. That that's not why I'm pushing back uh, exclusively. I I I've all I, in the beginning I was worried about that same thing. Uh, if it's not instant, if it's not like you know, because everything works in small kind of bite-sized uh, bite-sized things <clears throat> um but i mean i found that sometimes my longest conversations are the ones that have the most downloads the most plays the most listens the most all of that i mean you know so if 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 people want to listen to you know three and a half hours about german idealism <laughs> there's an appetite for that out there and so mm-hmm. I, I think it's you'd be surprised and and I mean, I personally, people say, well, why don't you split it up or whatever? And I just release the whole thing. I just do release one episode. It's four hours and you listen to when you want. I, you'd be surprised. You'd be really surprised. I know that there's that kind of meme of, of everything needs to be 30 seconds. But, you know, I think, you know, if you do it, they'll come, you know, they'll, they'll come do it and they'll say, oh, wow, this is, this is something that I can't find everywhere else because it's all bite-sized. So, wow, mm-hmm. this person's doing this. And, and and before I did this, I used to do uh, kind of the old school salons, which is, you know, we all get a group of people get together in person. We'd have a meal. We have, you know, a couple bottles of wine and we pick a topic and we would just have this kind of discussion about whatever the topic was and maybe four or five, six hours. And, you know, we talk about it at someone's house. I mean, people, there's a human thing. So I think if, you know, you can do what you want, <laughs> do what you want to do. And uh, if you want to do long form, try it um so i would just say that you know it's, it's not always the case that uh, people don't like it so mm-hmm. can i just uh just yes and something xavier just said yes. um kevin kelly i think in 2008 wrote an essay that had a huge impact on how i look at this stuff 
And I think the title of the essay was 1,000 True Fans. And the thesis of the essay was that um, in an online world, like the one that we live in, um, you only need 1,000 true fans to become successful. Now, what is a true fan? A true fan is not someone who's just going to casually listen to your podcast or casually watch your YouTube and, oh, you know, I'll watch every two or three, but um, it's going to go in and out. Uh, a true fan is someone who's going to listen to every single episode, watch every single episode, follow you wherever you go, just loves what you're doing. And then, um, you know, then if you start monetizing in some way or you want to have a Patreon, that true fan is going to follow you to the Patreon. They're going to buy your book or, you know, watch your seminar or whatever it is, right? They just, they absolutely love you. And so when it comes to long form or talking about whatever topic you want to talk about, as long as you're cultivating slowly but surely over time, true fans, your total fan base is less relevant because all you really need are 1,000 people. And that's an arbitrary number, of course, but it's symbolic. A thousand true people who absolutely love what you do. And if that's three and a half hours of German philosophy, I can't remember exactly what he said, but if that's whatever the topic is, the world has 7 billion people, you can find a thousand of them. That's true. Love Florida. that. Good. good. Yes. Truth. Interesting. I, I want to circle back to the social media thing. So do you, what about social media? Do you find it um, frustrating to use? Do What about it is um, an issue? Okay. Also, I want to, I just remembered, I wanted to ask you guys if you have any insight or foresight about this, but I don't know if you saw that like Facebook is now supports podcasts. Like you can like put your RSS like link on, like I, I haven't explored it properly, but Essentially, oh, Facebook yeah. is making moves to like integrate podcasts into like their platform oh. in a more meaningful way, um, mm -hmm. like be able to play right on the platform and things like that. Um, so yeah, I, I just won't like be using it. But that's cool. Facebook <laughs> gives me anxiety. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I know everyone's moving off Facebook, <laughs> but then they're actually moving to another like Facebook sister company. So yeah, I'm <laughs> navigating Instagram. social media. Social media. I don't know. I don't know. Like, just like what I was talking about, like thumbnails, <laughs> like thumbnails is for YouTube, of course, but it's also for your other social media outlets to get them like excited about what you have to say, like Twitter and Instagram. And I find like, so it's cringy, like me even doing the faces and then I will do, I've done a thumbnail where I do like a, Sorry, guys. I've done like a shock face. And I'm like, I can't do this. I can't. Do I cannot. This. I can't. I'm not with you. I'm not. I'm not going to do can't. all this with y'all. I cannot do it. And and I know like people. It might like my thumbnails might be boring or might not look professional, but whatever. But I'm like, I can't do that. And <laughs> but don't, but Brittany, don't you just take like the footage and then like no, if you now actually I made, like that like that expression you just made, you were just like. So like, like what? just take the screenshot and be like you had a real even, reaction there. Then people but like, even that, I don't want to mislead. I don't want to mislead. Like get someone in a moment where they might have been yawning and it looks like they're yelling. And it's like, no, they weren't yelling, they were yawning. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't know. I maybe I'm overthinking it too much, but yeah. And then and then also with, with social media, like you taking like bite size of your of your conversation putting it up like of course you can do it the way you want you can put what you want but then you're like and i don't want to blame social media all the time but like maybe you're incentivized to like pull out maybe the most polarizing part of the combo <laughs> to get people but then like that also feels 
not authentic to me because this was like the littlest part of what we said. But anyway, it, I mean, social I, media is I, a, I think it's the most point like you know i think a lot of the people you bring on your show like make really impassioned points that are still nuanced and still like like there's a way to be passionate about a nuanced perspective you know what i mean and like that will have resonance for a lot of people probably people especially in like the center of like the center left center right like you know um and i don't know i i don't know if you've heard of like this like silent silent majority but like you know the social media like basically has this kind of effect of amplifying like fringe voices on left and fringe voices on right um but actually there's like so many people in the center that have actually a more nuanced view um or stance and then they just don't necessarily make noise and they don't post in the comment sections and things like that so um i feel like there's you can actually still put that little soundbite of someone impassionately speaking, you know, putting forth their nuanced perspective and it could perform well with like these people that don't necessarily comment and have a distaste for this other polarized material. I don't know. Good point. I mean, yeah, that's a great point. I think I'm with you, Brittany, because what it's giving is going back to ma mainstream media because that's what people are used to. So they're used to this, watch now, turn on this. Like, it's just the same tone and this like grab the people and flash, flash, flash. Like it's the energy of, again, that diet that people are mm -hmm. used to. And it's very mainstream media. So mm -hmm. again, with us being so kind of opposite and yeah, I don't know if my content is going to give you the anxiety you're used to having <laughs> or make you feel some, you know, but it's just good mm -hmm. and rich. So it's like, how do you take something that's so different and try to squeeze it into quote unquote, getting the attention in the way people are used to getting attention. And, you know, Michael, I agree with you. It's definitely about get your thousand people, whoever it's going to be. And lately I've been focused more on the law of resonance over the law of attraction. And mm -hmm. so it's going to reach who it's going to reach. It, it, you just have to resonate. And, um, you know, I've had things where I did a YouTube video nine years ago and then some girl DM me like, I saw what you said and I need a mentor for this or did, or something catches on later. So it's nice that it lives. Was that never... me or just kidding. No, no. <laughs> but I did DM you. I was like, yo, that you conversation did... you had was dope. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and I love it. And it doesn't mean it was the mm -hmm. freshest conversation. Sometimes these things are years old. So the way they live and how your content makes its way to people kind of has its own thing as if the way we function in real life, like you might bump into somebody at a party and have a great conversation. You might say yes to this event and end up meeting a whole group that did it. And I think our media moves that way. So I'm trying to look at it more like that because for me, keeping up with these silly thumbnails and trying to give you sound bites and something so you can, be joined into my conversation like I'm kind of with you Jason like those might be the shallow people it might be the people who's just like oh my god they're drama oh that's not really drama they're like actually preaching on here never mind like yeah. I don't need you know it's okay I, I'm hoping to reach people um to give them a higher level of thought if possible but if that's not what they're ready for that's okay so I'm just I'm trying to find my balance too but just the typical way and how things look I'm struggling it's not my vibe
It's true. Yeah, I Xavier would say, ha- oh, Michael, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, I, I'll, I was just going to say really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it comes down to two things. Time is valuable and don't do what you hate, especially if you're not getting paid for it, right? I, I, I come from the, <laughs> the world. I wasn't on camera, but I come from the same world that Jamie comes from. And so... Um, like, I'll give an example. Like, I have a, a really adorable dog. Um, he's a miniature poodle mix. His name is Charlie. He's a celebrity wherever he goes. He's the most friendly, extroverted little boy. He is just the best, right? And uh, he's quite the looker. And so people get him tell to me, become your podcast ambassador. <laughs> yeah, Charlie I'm, is I'm, adorable. I'm, I'm, working on, I'm working on it. But people will tell me, like, on the street, does he have an Instagram? And I'm like, no. And they're like, you should get him an Instagram. And I, I'm at the point now where I will tell them exactly what I'm about to tell you now. I say, I will not get him an Instagram because if I get him an Instagram, I will want to make it one of the most popular Instagrams in the world. There's just something in me that will be so perfectionist. I'll take, I, I will, I'll find myself, if I had an Instagram for Charlie, I'll take 50 photos of him posing. I'll change the lighting. I'll make it the most adorable thing. One, because I know that that's what you need to do to get ahead on Instagram. And two, I am super obsessive about making something perfect, right? And so for me, one of the reasons that I don't do a ton of social media is I am stopping myself from obsessing because I know that I will lose hours and hours and hours of time. Like I have a personal website for my freelance work and I'm not joking. This is not an exaggeration for comedy. I spent probably about 12 hours figuring out the fonts. Like, (laughs) it's not a joke. I was like, well, how did this look? And this is the podcast. Yeah. And so, and so, um, all of this is to say, it's like part of, part of how I constrict myself in terms of, in terms of how I advertise and how I present is self-care. And then part of it is I don't want to do what I hate because if I'm doing this for fun, if I'm doing this for my own personal satisfaction and value, I don't want to hate it because if Mm. I hate it, I'll stop. And I, I frankly don't want to stop. Okay, but Michael, would you not actually love like having the Instagram account of your dog and then just putting that little speech bubble, you know, and then like he's like asking like critical questions about like postmodernism and stuff like that. And then like then then he's like, you know, people, then you just link to your podcast. Oh, yeah, episode. bring him like, into the podcast Instagram and be like, yeah, you what's just, wrong with political will, talking today? That'd be cute. I've got a bone to pick with society. Oh, <laughs> oh that's really good, though. <laughs> like... uh, it's funny, it's... though, too, because I can be a perfectionist, and I had to let that go. There is one of the highest viewed videos on my page. Yes, I was talking about a celebrity, but I was like, there was no lighting. I was cooking food. Oh I had just eaten. I mess- and I'm, I didn't even think anybody was going to look at it. It was terrible. I'm walking around my house on the phone like, why don't they just, I'm not even being like nothing. There's no intro. There's no, I'm not even, and I'm like, what? This has more views than anything I tried to put together. I I can't. It's like, it doesn't have to be that for social media. And I kind of love that. That's exactly, (laughs) that's funny. It's exactly like my first video went viral. was probably like my second video that I did. And I was just in my room, like the worst lighting, worst. It was just literally, I saw a video. I'm like, I'm going to just talk about this did it and then like maybe a few weeks later it got like half a million views but the the thing about that though is the men i was discussing and what i was talking about then all the people that saw that video subscribed and then want that type of content 
And I'm like, I'm way more than that. And I'm more interested in way more than that. So I Isn't did find crazy? myself talking about um, one of those men in other, you know, videos, which I wanted to do. But then I was like, no, what am I doing? I'm only talking about him. And that those videos have 400,000 views. But I stopped. I'm like, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to talk about this person really anymore. Um, and I'm going to start talking about what I want. I'm going to talk about music. I'm going to talk about Lizzo if I want. Like, I know people want me to just talk about race issues and stuff, but I also like music and TV and this. So I'm going to talk about what I want. And some of those videos don't do as well. A lot of them don't do as well. But I feel better about those videos. Like, I feel like this is more me. This is more authentic. And I want to ask about burnout, but I think Xavier was about to say something. No. You weren't? No. Okay. No. So... I want to ask about burnout because also I think maybe all of us have this gene of being a perfectionist. And I think for me, that was a big reason why I experienced burnout like quickly. How do you all manage burnout? Have you experienced it? Are you experiencing it? Like, how has that I been? Mean, I love that we're having this conversation because I have a new venture that I'm doing. Um, and it's called Loving Life Deep. And it's all for the people who are used to overthinking burnout and performing for acceptance. Because I know all about that. And I really feel like I've come to the other side of it um, simply because I'm going to do me first. You know, when I started King Speak, I was doing it every week. I was doing King Speak on Tuesdays and then Queen's Glean on Thursdays. And it's overwhelming. You know, even when I was at After Buzz TV, I had two or three shows a week. Yes, I'm just sitting there for an hour, but getting to the studio, getting mic'd up, being prepared, the energy of talking, discussing, did it, I mean, it is far more than that hour conversation. It was getting beyond exhausting, but I kept showing up because I'm like, I have to stay consistent and do it. And it's like, no, that's so self-imposed. This is my podcast. Isn't that the point? So I took King Speak and Queen's Glean from weekly to every other week. And when every other week got hectic because there were some other jobs that came into play. I did it once a month. Nobody complained. It's not that serious. You know, I learned to kind of, okay, well, we can do clips from this one that we did. Like let people eat off this one and a half, two hour episode. There's a bunch of bits and pieces in here. Like, but just this, I think I'm saying all to say, that to say my experience of burnout was self-imposed. Nobody was putting that on, I was putting that on. And for what? What standard? Where am I getting this? Mm -hmm. That you have to work so hard and do all this? It's not what I got into this for. I got into this because it's easy, because it's my personality and my flow to converse and communicate with people. This is not about stressing out, about adhering to some schedule that is making me tired. So it's really just listening and honoring myself. And, and, and it letting it be about nothing but that. Nobody is on the other side of anywhere. There's no they mm -hmm. talking yeah, about true. anything I need to be doing. Nobody's thinking about me and my schedule. It's so true. <laughs> so like, it's so I'll true. Let it go. <laughs> I, it, anyone want to go before me? I, I keep, I'll go last. <laughs> I don't know. I have stuff to say. I, I don't know. I, I haven't felt this, uh, to be honest. Um, uh, I don't know. Um, You're a wizard, Xavier. I do. I, mean, know. I, do. I know all the That's things nice. that you Look do, though. All the <laughs> things you do. All the yeah. things you told me you do, and then you. I'm like, 
you have yeah. great. You know, like, oh, I read week. six books this week, recorded four podcasts. <laughs> like for I real. Like for real. I got a documentary. Uh, I, mean, I found a hole in the time continuum. And, uh, I'm Dr. Exactly. Strange. <laughs> Aren't you a psychiatrist? You can also just prescribe yourself something. Oh, that just, you know, <laughs> no, no, not the psychiatrist. No, no, no. But I'll just say it's, I mean, the stuff's a labor of love. I mean, I don't know if, if I, I, I find um, that I do it uh, really because I want to. I don't, uh, I don't know. I, I, mean, I, I always, when I tell myself, oh, I'll slow down a little bit, you know, there's, you know, like 15 other people I want to talk to for various reasons. I'm like, oh, well, well, why not? And I'll ask and they say yes. And, and then we do it. And and then it's getting posted. I mean, I don't know. I just, I don't really, and and to be fair, I mean, I spend an extreme amount of preparation for podcasts, um, so many hours. Um, but I don't really, I don't really do a whole lot outside of, you know, work and family. Um, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not a huge, you know, TV person. I'm not, you know, watching every, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, some people will ask me, they'll say, well, what do you do after work? And I say, well, I, I do a lot of reading, a couple hours of reading a day. So I don't know. It's uh, I haven't really experienced it yet. I have felt, though, anytime I feel like I should slow down, I, you know, I've had a podcast where I'll just do one a week and, you know, that will be, it feels strange, but I don't know. At some point, I probably won't do the podcast. I don't know whenever that is, but uh, for now, I don't know. I haven't felt it yet. I don't know. It's weird. Do you think it's because, and I just was thinking this, I'm like, perhaps it could be because there's a difference between having an audio podcast and a YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how, like on, on your podcast platform, do, do people, can people comment and you see them like instantly? Or is that like, you don't even get comments, whether it's Twitter or I, something? I, I just do, I just do audio because video is a whole other animal. It's so many components. And I definitely, if I was doing video, I wouldn't be able to uh, probably do it as much as I want to. And it's just a lot of things. And and then I, I it's already a it's it's already a difficult thing to control other people's audio. You know, people don't have all of the stuff, and I don't have the funds to send everyone a mic and everything. So, you know, video would just be I couldn't be able to 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 control for that in terms of sound and then lighting and then you know the quality and then it just it would just, I would get bogged down in more of the technical stuff than the actual content and the conversation. So I, that's why I don't do video. Um, so I think that's probably a bit of it, but uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just that kind of residual from grad school. Grad school was like, you know, just, just going a hundred miles on a train. Yeah. So I kind of uh, have some leftover energy from that. I don't know, but uh, and it's something I, I actually enjoy doing. I feel you on the grad school thing because I mean, I started my podcast at grad school so then I did this. I don't know if it's, it's not the workload that's a burnout. I think it might be all of the extra additional factors, whether it is visual. Cause when I had my audio podcast, I didn't have burnout. Like mm -hmm. I, maybe because I was probably burning out on grad school, I didn't have energy to burn out probably, but I didn't experience it. It was more like an outlet of just like my vice of talking to people, but with YouTube and it's not all the time, but I've experienced burnout um, mainly when I started to get a lot more followers. Like when I had a hundred followers, it was like, cool. But now I have like 24,000 and there is 
a weird stress on that, even if I get good comments or bad, like good comments, like holding you up to the standard and you just being like, okay, the next video has to be better. And the next video has to be better. I have to be more sharp. I have to do this. And then of course the, the comments that aren't great, aren't great to hear. Um, but yeah, that's, there's, I don't know really what it is. I, I think I do agree with Jamie though. Like when I realize like it's me though, like I don't have a boss making me do this. And I decided that if my views go down and I feel better throughout the week, then I don't, then it's fine. Like, and that is one reason why, um, and I know Xavier knows this and Michael knows this, and I think Jason maybe, but when I took a job at IU to be a writing instructor, I was like, well, how am I going to do this in YouTube? How? And I'm like, why am I even caring about inserting how much do YouTube into this opportunity? I was like, this opportunity deserves all my attention. And if YouTube suffers, it does. And it did. And I, but I was like, I'm okay with that. So I think being less of a perfectionist can help with not burning out so quick at all. So mm -hmm. I, 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 one, one affirmation, Britt, I mean, I, I think in terms of like that, that thousand, you know, true fans, like, I think you've, actually cultivated a lot of true fans you know that like don't really care whether the content takes a dip for a while and whatever like maybe we won't watch all the videos maybe we're not interested in all the topics that you put there but it's like fine we're not going to unsubscribe because like a particular <laughs> video or thumbnail People doesn't necessarily look good it's like People it'd be like true. i know that britney the way britney thinks like the way she holds conversations like i'm just gonna keep waiting and see like what other content she puts through and like when something you know, catches my attention and whets my curiosity, then I'm going to like click and I'm definitely going to be like keen to check it out. So I don't, yeah, I think that's like give you some done and done. Right. There, there's some, there's definitely ride or dies for sure. There's people that are really supportive <laughs> of me, whether they're like, if you need girl, take the time. Like they'd be saying this. I'll do that. But anyone because else? That's, yeah. That's real. When it comes to relationship though, like if you're not around people who love you enough that, allow you to take a break when you need a break like do i really need you around yeah, me because exactly. i'm not here just to, like you better have a video up every here. thursday i'm like yeah <laughs> um Britt, i had a question kind of related to the burnout which is, is you're talking about like the comment sections and stuff i mean i think some of the guys on this panel also get into a little bit of political mm -hmm. material but um when when, when you sort of stir up people's opinions and their, I don't know, trigger them and various things. I mean, like South Africa's, it is very sensitive, like, you know, when it comes to race relations and stuff. And like, even if I'm taking a very sensitive approach, like it can get like, yeah, it can get people worked up. And um, that just like always weighs on me. I'm like, I don't want to be like having a negative impact on people and getting people angry and whatever. Like, and so has that had, have you had a relationship with that in terms of burnout and just getting a little despondent around polarization and stuff? Is that to I me? Think, I think, or, yeah. Yeah. Well, actually it's all, yeah, to everyone, but, but I'm, yeah. I was just going to say, you can only control control yourself, man. I mean, you can do your very best to try as hard as you can to be responsible, to have accuracy in what you're meaning, to try and understand what the other person is saying. And if you're doing that and you feel confident about that, that's all you can do. The, the conversations that I have done 
that have been with some, um, you know, controversial topics or guests. Um, that's where I've landed on that is, mm-hmm. did I do everything I possibly could? Um, and did I try to, you know, elucidate from this guest, you know, the, the most accurate things about their position, agree or disagree. But you let, you let, you let the, the guest take all of the heat essentially. Yeah, I mean, it, like, it, you'll it just be, you'll just be asking questions and you're just this like sort of neutral. But it's like, sort questions. of. I mean, I mean, it doesn't, you know how it goes. I mean, it doesn't, people will, will hit you for a bunch of things. They'll hit you if you did it. Why didn't you ask this question? Well, why didn't you let them say this? Well, why didn't you stop them there? Why didn't you correct here? Right. So it's not entirely just we'll let the person just kind of sink themselves. I mean, there is a little bit of what you say or don't say. And, um, you know, that's if you're if you're to me, I think if you're if you're tackling really tough subjects, you either don't do it or you try to have very thoughtful, not not overly scripted, but just very thoughtful and responsible ways of saying like, Hey, look, I recognize this is really sensitive. I recognize for some people, this may be really tough and acknowledge that. And then you work as hard as you can, both whatever your response is, and then how you're managing uh, the conversation at X, Y, and Z. And if you can do that and feel good with it, people are going to say and do whatever they want anyways. But Mm -hmm. as long as you can, you can do it as much on, on your part in a way that's, you know, abiding by whatever your ethics or your moral landscape is then i think that's all you can really do so i would also i would also say that the only way out is through as cliched as that sounds like a a lot of our societal problems you know of, of various magnitudes of of uh pain um come from silence right whether the silence was imposed upon various groups um whether it comes to religion, race, gender, et cetera. Like, hey, this is how we talk about this subject. And if you try to talk about it any other way, we're silencing you, right? Like we talk a lot about deplatforming today, but deplatforming was way worse uh, a few decades ago. We, de- we deplatformed entire ethnic groups of people, entire races of people, entire sexes, right? Like, uh, I mean, South Africa deplatformed, you know, <laughs> like 80% of the country. I don't even know the percentage, but so silence is the root of so much tension right because people aren't able to express their true desires their true feelings they aren't able to live their lives as full people um but the the other side of that coin is when people begin to finally because of societal changes or new media like the internet etc begin to break that silence and talk about subjects in in ways that aren't really new they've always been around the only thing that's new is that now people get to talk about them there are so many people who have become so accustomed to the silence that uh, that they feel intensely uncomfortable around noise. And so pe- when people react to having on certain guests, right? And of course, there are truly horrendous, controversial people out there, and that's a whole different topic. But in the just talking about it, whether it's, again, race, gender, politics, religion, the hot button things you don't talk about around the, the Thanksgiving table, there are some people who just don't want you to talk about it at all because the silence has become a comfort. But again, the only way out is through. We have to go through a period of time where we're having these conversations in a messy way, where maybe we're even getting our feelings hurt. 
we're saying things that maybe we wish we hadn't said or someone says something to us that offends us. But we're only having to mud through all of that because we haven't been able to talk about it for most of our history because of an imposed silence. And so for my two cents, like, again, the only way out of this problem, the only way to get to a healthier future in which we can all express ourselves equally and all feel heard is to get through this messy part where we have to break the silence and talk openly. And then hopefully we get to the other side. Exactly. Agreed. And also, don't read the comments. But you know what? <laughs> I don't wholly believe in that. I, I read the comments. I don't read them all, though. Um, and with engaging, like if I, if like my video or someone that brings on trigger someone or a panel discussion does, yeah, I mean, it definitely is in the comment section. And if it's pointed at me, though, I can kind of tell someone's intention a bit, but it's very hard to have an authentic conversation with someone with a comment with the, within the comment section. Mm. Because, and based on how they frame the question or their grievance, then I might engage or not. Um, a couple of times there's been um, times where I've been able to clarify my point and that person really heard me. But I think maybe it was not, it was less of them hearing me and them not thinking I was going to respond. I noticed like when I respond to someone, they're like, oh, oh, she responded. Oh, I love your, I love like the I'm video. Seen. actually." Exactly. And maybe that's <laughs> what they wanted was to be seen. I'm like, well, you know what? There you go. But what but, it, I, but you, you don't find like it, it has a like a, a bearing on like burnout in a way. I mean, even to whatever extent. Oh, yeah, the comment do, section like... does. And that's why I don't put too much energy into it unless I feel like there's someone really asking some a, a question that they want answered. And I really feel like we can have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will do that. But I don't go too deep into the comments. And also, if I feel a discussion or an interview, might be really, 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 really polarizing for the audience, I will do a disclaimer before the video. Mm. Just so it's like, all right, I already know the comments are about to be wild and Mm. I don't have time to go in and explain. So I'm going to just talk about how every individual has a right to say what they want to say on this platform and and talk about that a little bit, Mm. give them like two minutes of explaining what happened. And that actually happened with my last CRT debate. Because I knew people were going to go after a couple of people. And I don't want anyone to go after any panelists I, I bring mm-hmm. on, period. Even if I don't agree with that person, if I bring mm-hmm. on my platform, to me, I do feel like I have a responsibility in a sense to kind of protect you as much as I can from, like, actual hate. I mean, there's people that were giving a couple of people, like, crazy hate. I was, and, and also, I don't let those live, though. Like you can give critique, but when you're calling someone a racial epithet, like you're not, that's not going to be on my page, period. And I probably actually will block you if you're someone that keeps doing that. Um, You can delete those comments too. Yeah. And I delete or yeah. So yeah, I, that's what I do. So that actually helps with burnout with being like, okay, I'm going to disclaimer this and then comments will be what they are. I can't control. Disclaimer is great. Yeah, I can't control what people say, what my panelists say, or what people say. When you put something on the public, it's for the public. So that's kind of what it is. Hmm. But, um, okay, we are so, this conversation is great. And like every other panel discussion, I have like 50 questions and like three gets answered because the conversation like goes so good. But I do want to ask this. I have a couple more I want to ask. 
how do you guys, and I think you guys kind of talked about this, but how do you stay true to yourself and not let popularity or your, or views dictate the content you create? And is there ever a time where you are about to upload a conversation or maybe a critical take of yours and you think, eh, I'm not going to post this? Because that's happened to me a lot. But I'm just curious if that happens to anyone else. I have a small group of people that I keep around me um, that I will <clears throat> try to have them. A small group of people that I that don't agree with me or <laughs> they disagree with me. Um, or maybe they agree with me on some things, but not on other things. And, um, you know, I have kind of a rotation. And so I'll say, can you, if, if I feel nervous about something, um, I'll ask, hey, can you listen to this? Or oh, what do you think about this? What am I missing? What am I not getting? Um, Before you release it? Yeah, sometimes. Hmm. Um, sometimes it's not even about, sometimes it's just explaining. Like maybe they won't listen to the audio, but I'll say like, this is what happened or whatever. And here's my concern. Am I missing something? Am I am I am I not seeing this? Um, I mean, I don't. There's so much I don't know. So I'm just like, yeah, this kind of, you know, this conversation felt weird, and I don't know why. You know, mm. and oh, okay. Am I? Is this just? Am I in my head? Or you know, what what are you seeing? You have nothing with this, and I've you know, um, call friends or you know, people. Uh, family or you know people close to me and, and I'll ask them and for for uh, advice and sometimes it's just like no you're fine or you're overthinking this or sometimes it's like no you could maybe clean this up <laughs> maybe, here maybe, maybe some of that, that would actually be the best podcast material like literally just you putting your yeah. doubts out like to the world and letting yeah what other people... I, I have like everyone else I get I get uh, I get nervous before every conversation and I have doubts after every conversation so <laughs> that's just that's just kind of how it goes. <laughs> Same here. That's good. I think I um, have a lot less. Oh, go ahead, Jason. No, I was actually something Brit Brit had said earlier, just about um her wanting to like um represent the breadth of her character, interests, etc., like on her channel because it felt like more true to herself. I I wanted to like go a little bit in that direction, but please complete your thought before. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I'll be quick. Um, I was just going to say, I think that my content is probably less controversial than you guys. But for me, um, I learned to trust myself. And that has been a major thing. And it's a little thing. For example, one of your questions, Bert, that you said ahead of time was like, you know, share something that you learned, blah, blah, blah. And I, in my head, I had had an idea like, oh, I'm going to share something that this doctor shared on you know, the, the podcast of this and that, because it was so interesting to me. But as I sat with myself this morning and got ready, blah, 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 I clicked on something and I'm like, wow. And when I heard, um, you know, I replayed The Mindful Man, which was one of my podcast topics, what I had wrote down to share, we touched on so many places in this random mm. conversation in two hours. So... Mm. These are the little things that build my trust. It's like, I'm going with my flow. I can hear myself. I can hear my intuition. I'm very in tune and in tap with my flow. So that kind of, it, it's that trust. I anchor myself in that. So if I feel posted, I post it. If I fail, pause, pause. Because then sometimes that pause turns into, 
oh, do it in the morning. And then that gets whatever. I just feel this inner dance with myself that allows me to fully trust. And, 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 you know, even though I mentioned it can be frustrating not getting views and people not wanting to eat on certain content, I don't care. If you look at my channel, I've been posting since 09. Mm-hmm. And I don't you, have as many. You've been here. You've been doing I, You know, and I'm going to keep doing it because <laughs> it's me and I have something to, you know, so there, it could be anything. I could get a TV show next week and now all of a sudden everybody's all up in my business. You're going to have a lot for quite some time to enjoy and to indulge on. It's my, you know, so all these things. So when it comes to staying true to myself, I trust myself. Like we are as unique as a fingerprint. You, I am, I'm somebody who will die for freedom and why freedom. It's like you were put here as an expression of God to be your full self. I'm a wherever I'm at, I'm giving you all that space to be that because there's something special. There's something unique about the way you think, the way you work, when you want to post, what you want to say, da, da, da. And I just, I feel like it's important that we give people space to own that. If not, we're missing out. We're missing out on the treat of Brittany, Jason, Xavier, Michael, if we're, shutting them down or making you feel a certain way or if you feel nervous about not posting because you're not getting that I would hate that why 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 would we want to miss out on on all of that so it's all about for me anchoring and trusting in self and it's mind-blowing how intuitive this stuff really is for me it really is yeah the title of my show serves like two purposes really um, it's, uh, thematic, you know, where we go next with nuclear technology, where we go next with political conflict resolution, etc. But it also is a message to anyone listening that, uh, I'm going to go wherever I want, man. Um, so I'm going to talk about whatever I feel passionate about on a week to week basis. Um, and it's selfish for sure. Um, but it's the only thing that's going to keep me producing the podcast because I am not the, t- I, I, this is not me being sarcastic. I truly admire people who can have a show about one thing and do an episode every week on that one thing, whatever it might be, over and over and over again. (laughs) Because for me, uh, that would just be like eating the same food every single day until I die. And that's great for some people. I mean, I I listen to shows. I, I love podcasts that are about the same topic or a version of the same topic every week. That's awesome. I'm just not built that way. So the way that I keep myself from getting burnt out is I make a deal with myself and the audience that, you know what, you might not like every episode, similar to what you were saying, Brittany, about how you just, if you want to publish a podcast about XYZ, you're going to do that and it might not get as many views. But if it keeps the podcast going, if it keeps you from burning out, I think that's the right thing to do. Exactly. Yes. I want to go last. So who hasn't said anything? I guess just for me, it's, <laughs> I, I, I have said something. I have said something. I mean, I, I, I flagged it. I mean, I'm, 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 geez, I'm last. That's, that's a lot of pressure. But there is this strange, like, tension between, like, if you do just bring your whole self to a channel, then, like, yeah, somehow people don't necessarily know what to expect. And, like, they maybe don't like one specific thing. Like Brittany, for instance, if, if you were like bringing a bunch of the um, Christianity thing like to your channel or whatever, like, I don't know at which point. I, I do talk about like, God. I have my sermons. You do. Uh, no, <laughs> I sprinkle God in there because you it's sprinkle, not sprinkle I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm cool you know with the sprinkling. I'm cool but with the sprinkling. I would never start <laughs> preaching because I go by what got me. Like, 
I'm not trying to witness necessarily to get people into going to church or whatever. Like mostly people think I'm Christian based on my content. Like I don't even have to say I'm Christian a lot of the time. Like some people just think I am. Um, though someone thought I was atheist because they said I'm very open. So which I'm like, okay, that's that's cool. I mean, whatever. Um, but I don't know. Like with originality. And I think, Jason, you're kind of getting to this. Like, I'm not necessarily trying to put my whole self, like, everything. But I'm, I'm just not wanting to be pigeonholed into something because people like me saying these things or talking about these topics. Like, that's what I mean. Like, I, I'm like, you know what? I know I started this channel kind of talking about mostly social race issues within America. And I will continue to talk about that. But also, dang. Like this music album just came out, Kendrick just came out and I want to review it. And this movie came out, I want to review it. Mm. But then sometimes I felt like, oh, I can't do that because mm. I'm, that's not this channel. But I'm like, but that's who I am. Like, I mm. love that. Like I write about that. A lot of my content mm. that I write about is on, on pop culture a lot and on music um, yeah. and fashion too. So it's not that I want to do an overhaul, but I do want to do more things that express yeah. my interests. Yeah, so. I think one thing that resolves just in the tech is literally like being able to just create series so that like you find the topics or the, you know, just all segmented, you know, so now if I don't necessarily oh, care I... for your Christian material, I can like find some of your race <laughs> relations stuff just on on the next column over. You're on the next like, rodan. okay, all right, all right, Reverend, like, I don't want to see that. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I got it there all the time. Whereas pod, podcasts, they don't allow you to like, create series within like podcasts. Oh, I have, I have like different playlists, but like, I mean, if with that too, like, I don't know if I want a playlist about music, then I feel like we'll have to talk about a lot of music stuff. Maybe mm. I don't, maybe this just one album that came out that I kind of want to talk about. And maybe mm. months later, I'll talk about something else, but I don't want to feel like, okay, now next week, I got to make sure I keep it up and making like, mm. I just don't want, I want as less pressure. I realize. Like, because like Michael said, I kind of started to teeter on hating YouTube. I really kind of was. Cause I was like, this isn't that fun anymore. Like it's not fun and it should be fun. Uh, of course there's stress here as well, but it should ultimately be fun. I feel so. Then why start it? But anyway, anyone else have something on this? Cause I have two questions. It'll be quick. I promise. But you guys, <laughs> I know you guys want to, I know you guys want to answer these. Um, Okay, I don't know which one. I'm going to start with this one. I don't know why I'm starting with this because I don't even have an answer. But if you could interview two people dead or alive, who would they be? Why? You can either say why you would choose them or what you would ask them. You can go either route. Um, yeah. And if we need a, a pause of a minute, it's fine. I can edit this out because I'm so... <laughs> I, have, I have a whole list and I don't even know. Who? But you know, what? I'll go first. I'll be a sport. I'll go first. I have like eight people, but I'll just choose two. So first, I would, and this might be cliche, but I would ask, or I would have Dr. King on, Martin Luther King, because, and I wouldn't really ask him anything about the past. I would ask him about the present. I find it very interesting that he's utilized a lot on both political aisles to suit their narrative. And I would want to ask him, and not in a divisive way, but him coming back, seeing like how his content, his his speeches have been spread, shared, 
um, you know, and people doing like writing to books on it and everything. I would want him to like explain to us who's more accurate or are we all off about his intentions about America and what he meant with I have a dream or I've been to the mountaintop or or things what, of that nature. I would want to ask him those questions about the present and how does he feel about how he's represented now. All right. And are we on to something or are we off on the direction he thought we would be on? So that's one person. Um, and the next person, oh, this is hard. Do they have to be famous? They don't have to be famous. I just go that route. They don't have to be famous. Um, I'll just say, I have to say, I probably would interview Harriet Tubman, but I don't know what I'd ask. I think I would be too intimidated. I don't even know what I asked. But this is a, this might be random, but I would interview Whitney Houston oh, because wow. she had, like, I, I loved her. And I, I still love listen to her. her. Yes. And I remember, I don't think when I watched The Preacher's Wife, that was like the first time I discovered her. But I discovered her when I was really young. And she reminded me of my mother and like, you know, the church and, she, you know, she was a Christian in faith and everything. And I just want to know at the last moments of her life, what she, what she needed, like what we, what were we not seeing? What, how was she not being hurt? Like, just what did you need from whoever? Um, that's what I would ask because she, she got, she, we all know her, her background and her issues with addiction. And then she got sober. And when she got sober, she was sharp. I was like, oh, she's back. And then, and then that's when she left. And I was like, what happened? Like, what was going on during that period? So I would want to just ask her that. And that would be an intense question to ask when she comes back. Like, what happened? She'd be like, girl, let me sing. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's what I would ask. I would ask Whitney Houston that question and Dr. Martin became. So that's I think I love both of those so much. I, I think I would be curious as you were talking, I was thinking like, gosh, I would love to interview maybe like a great, 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 great grandmother of mine mm -hmm. because I would want where, where, do, where do you live? Where are you from? What, how do you feel? What are your deepest issues? Like, I want to know how much of that is in me. What do you think of me? Like, what do you, like, I'm so curious of like bloodline and lineage and the depth of, cause you know, they say we carry so much in our DNA and this and that. So it's like, maybe we have similarities. Why am I so like tenacious on certain things? Why, why do I go through these things? Like, what do you go through? Like, what did you see? Did you ever think about your children's children? Like, I just, I got bad questions. I'm just like, who are you? Like, who am I <laughs> like in this, you know? Mm, so that would definitely, good. yeah, that would definitely be one. And then the second one that just popped up in my mind instantly, and I don't even know why it was Tupac, because he was smart. He was Ooh. colorful and nuanced <laughs> and gangster and loud and, opinionated and I, I'm a Gemini and I love me a good Gemini man. You can say what you want about the Kanye's and the da 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 da. I'm a very understanding. I want to hear it. I want to hear the, the stuff. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I want to hear it called like, what's up? You know? So mm -hmm. I would be curious to the way he kind of shut stuff down, especially when it comes to 
our African-American culture and the way he spoke about things and whatever, like, I need you to read what's going on and like, mm. let's be, let's get back the nineties, like early hip, like, let's get, what's that? What do you think? What do you feel? What do you see? Mm. What's chin check these foes is really what I'm saying, but in an like, educated way, like, what are we doing? This ain't, you know. Talk to um, these young rappers, please. Okay. I don't even know who they are. I don't, I don't know. know either. I can't. I'm still, you know, stuck on a little old school hip hop, but I just, I feel like his voice, he could speak because a lot of men, not all men, and maybe it's younger men are very influenced by these rappers and this, that, and the other. So y'all need to hear from somebody with some sense, in my opinion. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. And I'm actually, I'm going to ask Michael to go because he has to go like in a couple of minutes. So okay. Michael, if you're there. I am here. Okay. Um, huh. <laughs> that was the radio voice. I know. Oh. I was like, oh, oh I can really turn it on. Um, <laughs> hey, all you crazy dudes and ladies out there. It's Saturday like, night. It's time for some blues. Wow. Voice over. Hire him. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I will be taking that clip. <laughs> You've been listening to American Shade. Um, no, I'm really taking that. Ooh, yeah, I mean, that's the clip ooh. for Instagram. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, I'm glad that was entertaining to you because I don't think I have two, uh, two people. Um, I really liked your answer, Jamie, about talking to like a, a great, um, great, 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 um, grandmother or grandfather. Although I would love to be a fly on the wall for that because I imagine like the conversation starting with you, like asking her a bunch of questions and then like her first response is like, what's a YouTube? You know, like she's just like totally yeah. disoriented. Why you know? am I on Zoom? Or, or you just don't speak the same language. How about you're like, damn exactly. it. I didn't take that into account. I have no idea what you're saying. Um, yes. No, but I think that's a really cool idea. Um, I mean, the people I want to talk to change on a day-to-day -day basis. I'm kind of, um, my mind's all over the place. Like I had, I had dream guests. Um, I had dream guests when I started the podcast and then I spoke to most of them. You know, like the, the people I wanted to talk with were people initially were people who I felt were having difficult conversations in really interesting ways. Like Aisha Akambi was like mm. a dream guest of mine. Mm. I, I, I actually still to this day, I, I, I feel like I played a trick on her or something. I, I don't know why she can't. I, this is not me being like false modest. I don't know why she said yes to me, but that was such a, a fantastic conversation you know john wood mm -hmm. jr also was a huge one for me um Brittany, mm -hmm. i mean after i after i read your essay mm -hmm. i was so blown away by it and and it was such an honor to talk with you and i'm not just saying that to build up your ego because you had me on the panel it is true um so, <laughs> i paid him for that <laughs> <laughs> the bribe was received um but no overall i mean in terms of like dream guests i mean i i, I will i'll steal from you jamie i mean it, I didn't, I don't, I don't think about him as a podcast guest, but I guess if I can resurrect someone from the dead, um, I, I would want to speak with my grandfather who passed away when I was five and a half, you know, like I have so That's many, um, pleasant memories of him, you know, like that, that period between like three and five and a half when I was forming memories. And, um, but obviously they're all from the point of view of like a four or five year old, right? Like their, their trips to, the toy store, their long drives around Long Island in his convertible, their his, his his big voice, his 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 wonderful jokes, like his amazing laugh that was contagious. Like I remember all of that, but all the other stories I hear about him are, are secondhand from adults who knew him as adults. And so it would be great to speak to the man who made such a big impression on me when I was five, um, 
as an adult. You know, he, he passed away pretty early. He was 59 from a heart attack. And, um, and it would just be great to speak with him, you know? And if that means uh, the deal with the devil here is I got to have him as a guest on my podcast and people aren't going to know who the hell Jonathan McGarrion is, um, then, you know, they're lost. But uh, it would be, yeah, it would be great to speak with him. But beyond that, um, I think that the list is always changing. Awesome. Well, thank you. I, I mean, I would tune in for that, for sure. Yeah, right. There's something it's, so sentimental about that. Like, I almost, it makes me want to tear up a little bit. I don't know why. It's that's a lot. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, but I, I do want to say, I, I, I apologize for having to duck out a little bit earlier. I just have to, I have to drive across town. But I do want to say, Brittany, thank you so much for putting this panel together. It was a real pleasure. Um, I, I was definitely a little nervous at first because I'm more comfortable as a host than a guest. But I think you did a really fantastic job moderating it. And it's been such a pleasure to get to know the rest of you, Jason, Jamie, Xavier. Of course, you and I have known each other before this. But um, I really enjoyed it. And you guys are all really fascinating. And I totally understand why you have shows because, um, yeah, you're great. Aww. So thanks for having me be a part Michael. of it. Michael. Too nice. Thank you so much. Well, and thank you for coming on. <laughs> I'm so pleasure. glad you did this. Nice his, meeting you. <laughs> his podcast link will be in the description box below. So yeah, everyone check him out. He's awesome. Remember to like and subscribe. I mean, right. if you don't subscribe, <laughs> I don't know smash, why. Like, smash that subscribe. Yeah. Smash that like button. <laughs> All right, so guys. Good. I'll see you later. And, and have a great you. rest of your conversation, okay? Thank you, Michael. Bye. Thank you. Okay. Xavier and Jason. Xavier, you want to go first or? Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Um, I think my two would be Steve Biko and Eminem. I don't know mm, who Steve Biko is. I know. What? <laughs> this, this, the name sounds familiar. I'm like, should I know? Um, I don't know. I feel so like Steve we should B know. Steve Biko basically um, invented or, or um, is the um a brain father <laughs> of like the black consciousness movement in south south africa um yeah it's it's a very like race conscious sort of um philosophy or set of philosophies um yeah i, I mean it, it, his book i write what i like was like very thought provoking for me several years ago that was probably one of my first like materials that i read on in terms of race relations but i just think it would be interesting getting his perspectives on like how things are unfolding now because i mean um he was also writing at a time where there was just such incredible in injustice um just in the way of like policy um besides the inertia of like bad policy just like literally horrible horribly unjust policy so i mean his writings being like sort of as strongly opinionated and um, yeah, and, and as race conscious as the, as they as they were, like would they be so appropriate nowadays when like we're sort of have like the law sees and treats us equally at least on paper? Like yeah, it would just be interesting to see how he you know what he, what he thinks about how things have played out and what the way forward would be. Um, he was he was uh, murdered earlier. He would probably be like, probably on you know nearing the end of his life today. By his... Mm. But um, anyways, and then yeah, Eminem. Um, I think I think that he sort of broke the mold in the in a way in terms of like 
showing that it's not necessarily about your skin color um, or your race. Um, that he's like still able to like play off that to an extent, but still make it about something, let's say more about class or about culture um, to still like find belonging and still like add value in a certain space. I think that that's like, I don't know how many other people I can like point to in that way that like authentically were like accepted within a very like sub, you know, specific subculture that had a very like, that ran quite strongly along race lines. So yeah, I I think that he's a really fascinating case study and um I should probably just go on YouTube and see like what interviews are out on him, but I've been thinking There's a lot, a lot actually. Really. Yeah. I want I'm going to so I'm going to be geeking out on that for a while <laughs> in, in the next day or two because <laughs> I was just like I was thinking about him like this dude what the hell. <laughs> can you freestyle? Can you I can freestyle around? a little bit. I can freestyle oh, really? a little bit. A little bit. You'd have to put on a I know, right? No. Hey. <laughs> You're like, let's uh, uh, but you have I to hold down the head over Okay, Jamie's really holding I'm the beat, out, I'm also a little out of practice, so. <laughs> I love people like, I'm out of practice. They're like, which means yeah, I'm not just... doing it. So, so, so I'll give you a good beatbox. I'm up for some rap. Drop <laughs> the beat. Yeah. DJ Britt. DJ Britt. Uh, <laughs> All right, Xavier, you're up. Um, I would say I'm gonna I'm gonna pick three, so don't don't be upset at me. Go off. Go ahead. Um, you always break the rules. <laughs> <laughs> um, Frederick Nietzsche. Uh, he's is so influential on uh, Western thought and somewhat of Eastern thought. Um, kind of the Western philosophical canon is summed up with him. He's he's one of the best thinkers, I think. And his life was cut short um, uh, at the end when he was making his magnum opus uh, on the revaluation of all values. And I really wanted to know what his ideas were about that. Uh, and I think I, I was thinking about people that would be good conversationalists. So I think he would be pretty good conversationalist, I think. Um, and Sigmund Freud, of course, um, super misunderstood um mm -hmm. by many people in the modern modern era unfortunately uh, i also think he was brilliant and i would be curious he was somebody that was very much uh not opposed to changing his theory and adjusting it and he did this towards the end of his life with the the death instinct um and i would be curious to see what his opinions would be on kind of contemporary uh, psychodynamic theory and, and uh, therapy and, you know, what, what adjustments I would love to see what he would think about Heinz Kohut's uh, reinterpretation of his narcissistic theory, uh, et cetera. So I mean, he was just, he was just a powerhouse and I would, I would definitely want to talk to him. And I think he also would be a good conversationalist. Um, yeah. And then Kanye West, uh, I think, um, I think he's a genius. What um, would you ask? <sighs> I did a piece on him daily. I know, I know, I, I know you did. I know you I did. Know, I, 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 I think he's a genius. Yeah, Oof, I, I don't know. I would, I would, I would ask him uh, a bunch of things. I would, I would stick with it. I just want to know. I want to know, like. how his mind is an encyclopedia of like sound and music and how he's able to put all of it together. 
um, and that process. And then also his very future-oriented way of looking at music and fashion, how he, how, how is he able to break out of the box that so many other uh, artists, uh, including rappers and people that do hip-hop, can't. And he maintains that for 20 years. Um, and he's still doing that. Um, and then, yeah, I, I would definitely ask him about uh, mental health. I mean, I have a pretty good sense just from observation of kind of where he is on that. And I, and I kind of get it. But um, yeah, I think he's I think he's a genius. I think he's a musical genius. Um, I have always liked him. I will continue to like him. Uh, for his incredible, incredible talent. So I would love to have a conversation with him. Um, Is he a political genius? Donda was good. Not gonna lie. I I don't really care about his politics. I don't care about his personal life. I don't care about his. I, I don't. In so much, insofar as like obviously those things are important to a person and stuff. But I mean, he can have whatever ideas or thoughts he wants in terms of his 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 art and in terms of his music and in terms of his 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 talent. And he's he's unparalleled, so I would definitely, and I think he'd also be a good conversationalist. So, I would love to see a long form four hour conversation with you and Kanye. I'm not even kidding. I would do I would it in. in a heartbeat. In nice. a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Um, yeah, I think I think he's. I think he. I, I can't think of anybody musically in that scene or in other scenes that are 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 kind of that way. I don't think they're. I mean, to me, he's top, and so I think he. Yeah. I think he's great. I say that's true. Okay, my I promise last question, and let's make this very short. What have you learned about yourself since having your podcast or channel? I'll go first, one sentence. I just realized having this podcast or having this YouTube channel, how curious I really, really am and how much I really enjoy talking with people. Um, like I knew that when I did my journalism master's, but really doing it like, on my own terms, I realized I am so curious about the why and that it's never really like the topic isn't even the topic. Usually it's always layers, layers, layers to it. And I enjoy the process of getting down to the bottom of stuff. So I'm very curious. I realize how curious I am. And I just love talking to people and seeing why they think the way they think. That's it. I, you love that. <laughs> I think I'm with you on that. Um, what have I learned about... Uh, what have I learned about myself is that I'm actually good at what I do. And I think a lot of us, um, we have this similar thing with the way we want to execute things and the way they look, need to look at our minds and, you know, being a moderator or a show host and all this, it's a big weight and a big responsibility. We can be hard on ourselves about it. And I really used to be just a little bit too hard on myself, but there are times what I go back and watch my own content and I'm like, dang, like, that was good. Like, girl, you did that. Okay. And there is nothing wrong with being upping yourself, yes. showing yourself love. And I'm learning to do that. And sometimes it comes, because there was times I wouldn't even rewatch my interviews. I didn't really care. Or I would rewatch just to, you know, pick apart the technical things. You should watch so that you can, you know, but to sit and enjoy my own content and to learn from it and gain and grow and then be wowed by my own questions and mm. conversations and what I was able to extract, I've learned that I'm good at what I do and I love myself and I'm happy that mm. I have the opportunity to do it. And it's really nice to feel that way about me. So I love that. 
Yeah. It takes me a while to watch my stuff. It takes me months, probably. Mm. I just don't like my voice. That's one thing. I get also, it. I, a lot that. Of people say I really it. don't yeah. like my voice. I'm like, I don't like it. Um, but anyway, enough about me. Xavier or Jason? Um, I'll say that I there's a whole lot I don't know about people. There's a whole lot I don't know about certain topics. And I think that's super, uh, super exciting in a lot of ways. Um, I really feel that I feel I'll prepare and I'll read and I'll do all this. And I'm like, wow, you know, I, I learn all this stuff from conversation. And, um, I guess I've, I don't know if I've learned this. It's, I guess it's been reinforced, but you know, I'm terribly long winded <laughs> and I've learned that on the, on the podcast. Uh, even if I'm not saying anything, I can just, there's this kind of endurance and stamina I have, uh, where I can just, you know, try and flush out an idea you know for literally hours and um it's been it's been interesting to kind of see that um kind of i guess on display so uh yeah those are the things i've learned <laughs> awesome love it you're not long-winded but go ahead Jason? <laughs> um i've learned how much values actually sit at the center of the identity that I want to construct for myself and not like any other nominal features like religion or race or age or any like other detail. Like I, I feel like what I want to like come through in a podcast or at least like be the foundation for whatever I say are like values. And I don't know if I've necessarily like, cemented my values i feel like there's still a little bit in formation but like there's a great process of like continually reflecting and asking myself like why am i doing what am i what i'm doing like why do i want to approach a particular conversation or a particular topic in a certain way you know so yeah i think that's teaching me a lot about my values and um yeah and i guess to echo the others um yeah, there's definitely like a humbling effect of like, I, mean, I, I end up, I've, I've learned that I'm very small in the way of like my understanding of the world and um, all the viewpoints that are out there. It's like, just always seems like there's something else that's, <laughs> that I've never considered or some other piece of information that I never heard, or, you know, so that's, mm. that's always like, that's, it's refreshing actually it, it kind of motivates me to keep going i love that i love all your answers love. i agree and i i really appreciate this conversation this has been therapeutic for me i don't know how y'all feel but sometimes you can feel alone in this space and it's good that it's not that i'm like oh it's good that they're struggling too no but it's good po like podcasters anonymous podcasters anonymous get them together let's just talk but no, i'm glad i got this bunch together i knew you guys would bring a lot um of insight to this discussion and i'm glad this was a vibe for me and this was fun so everyone at home one thank you for having this conversation jamie michael xavier jason thank you so much and everyone at home, their socials, even though we don't like social media, but their socials, their podcasts, their YouTube channels will be in the description link below. And thank you so much for tuning in to American Shade and see you in the next episode. Peace, peace, peace.